Good, good evening, church. Welcome. We are glad that you're with us tonight again. Uh, for those of you that are new and have not watched us before, uh, my name is Dan Spath. I'm one of the elders here. This is Cole Mueller. He is our pulpit preacher. And we here at Central are, uh, are trying uh, to, uh, to become the heart and hands of God in our community. Uh, we're doing that by, uh, by, doing, uh, by becoming God-centered, uh, by being small group, uh, small group-oriented churches, and, uh, and striving to help folks live out the life of Christ uh, through this community and beyond. Uh, got a couple of announcements tonight. I think that, uh, that our membership, many of them know about, some they don't. Uh, uh, Tim Green, as you all know, had a, had a major wreck in Houston. Uh, and, uh, and he is out of the hospital. He's back home. And, uh, but he is, uh, 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 he's hurting. He's beat up. Uh, but he's doing, he's doing better. So he's home. Uh, we need to pray for him. I also talked to Kyle Harbison the other day, and he's going to have surgery on his knee. He's been, he's had problems with his knee for a while. Kyle is going to have a knee surgery on Friday. And, uh, and then something really unique happened. I talked to Glenn Schmidt yesterday, and Glenn was talking about Freddie. And, you know, Freddie is the guy that we support. Uh, we have uh, supported him for a long time. Uh, he's uh, planted numerous churches in the state of Guerrero in, in Mexico. And uh, Sunset called him. And he's got a school going on there, and, and uh, Sunset called him and, and uh, wanted, to, wanted to know if it was okay if they, would put, if they could put uh, the, uh, the, his school under the umbrella of Sunset Bible Institute. And uh, so they called Glenn, and Glenn gave the okay, and, and uh, they're going to go down after this all is over with, and they're going to go down, and, and, uh, which is extremely exciting. It's, it's, it's going to be a boom for that school. Uh, that school could be accredited all over, the, all over Mexico. Uh, all over all over Central America, really, and so it's going to be really a cool deal. Uh, be praying for that. Be praying that that work continues to go well. As you know, he was going to go to say Watneo and try to plant another church, and that has he has decided he's not going there. This is more important. What he's going to do. So well, you know, like Paul teaching in the school of Tyrannus for a few years. You know, I mean, creating a school and training evangelists and preachers. That's and I mean. True. You know, yes, he could go, and I'm sure the Lord would bless his work, and they could plant another church, but by reinforcing the school and by having Sunset involved, I mean, we could be training hundreds of church planters. Yeah, hundreds. They could be training hundreds, and, and us along with them in that ministry. Yeah. This is an amazing yeah. this is an amazing blessing. And this church is directly involved in that whole work because we've been supporting that, that work in Mexico. Glenn and Nancy have been working that work for years and it's just, it's amazing how that work has, has grown. I cannot wait for us to be able to come back and so we can hear that report. I've yeah. been, I was looking forward to it I know. when all I know. this went down. And, I know. But uh, I'm really looking forward to hearing about the work down there and, and what everything, what everything yeah. uh, this yeah. church has done. It's been fantastic. Well, if you're if you just joining us, we've been looking at the names of Christ, of names of God. Uh, we looked at, uh, you may have to help me remember, Yahweh Jira, which yep. is provider. Yes. Uh, we looked at uh, Yahweh Rapha, which is healer, which is healer. We looked at Yahweh Nisi, which, which is, is my banner, my or banner. Uh, and we looked at uh, what was the other one? I forgot. Oh, well, now my my it's running away from me, too. <laughs> uh, Yahweh Rohi. Yahweh Rohi we did last week, which is the shepherd, was the shepherd. And tonight we're going to do Yahweh Shalom, Yahweh Shalom, which means yes. uh, my God is peace. Yes. Or the, my God of peace. So, uh if we don't have anything else, we're going to pray and we're going to get started. Um, just a couple more. So okay. we've got Catherine Balboa. Oh, I um, forgot to cap about her. So she fell and um, it seems like she's broken her femur and they ha and she has pneumonia. So she's on a ventilator in, in Citizens. Wow. 
So, church, please be praying for uh, Catherine Balboa. Also be praying for uh, Bobby Fudge. Good Bobby, yeah. He's, uh, he's in the hospital, but apparently he was hoping to go home. So I, we're, I'm, I'm optimistic there, but just keep praying. And uh, I think that's it. That's all we've got. Okay. So. Well, let's, uh, let's bow and we'll pray and we'll get started. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for the opportunity we have to be here tonight. We're grateful, Father, for all those who will be watching tonight and, and, and in, the, in the coming days. Uh, we're grateful, Father, for this, uh, this avenue of, uh, that we can reach out to them. Uh, thank you so much for the, for the technology and thank you for the, for the talented people we have here that, that can put all this together. Uh, we pray, Father, for Tim that you continue to help him to, as he recovers. Get him better quickly, Father. We pray for Kyle, who's going to have surgery on Friday. We pray that you bless him, and, and uh, he has been ordered to stay at home and, uh, and to get ready for Friday, and, uh, and he is doing that now as we speak. So be, be with him as well, Father. Be with Catherine as she, uh, as she recovers. Uh, she is uh, uh, very special to us, and we pray, Father, that you'd bless her and encourage her and help her, help her to heal quickly. And, Father, again, we pray for Bobby. Who is, uh, who is struggling with his health and, and uh, is, uh, is probably going to be at home or going home fairly quickly. Uh, just bless him, Father, as he, as he struggles with his health. Uh, Father, help us tonight as we study. Help us to, to, uh, to uh, present these things in a way where our, our viewers can, can learn, grow, and then be with them that they might apply these things to their lives. Father, that they might, uh, that they might uh, share them with others as well. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I guess we want to tell them about what, we're, what our plan is. Oh, right. So um, we're, we're nearing the end of this series. Well, and we are at the end of the series we are, tonight. We are, yes. Tonight is the end. We're super near. We're, we're super, super close. Near. Super close. Um, so this is the last name we're going to consider for now. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to move on to a different study. I think we're going to be jumping into Ecclesiastes. And so that's, that's going to be fantastic. We're going to move through the whole book. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, but we wanted to give y'all at home the opportunity to ask questions. So we've covered five names. Mm -hmm. We didn't cover the sixth name, and we'll, we'll leave that alone for now. We'll, we might come back to it. But we've covered five names, and we were wondering if y'all had any questions. Um, usually in a normal class, you know, we, we stop and just handle questions as they come. Anybody's but, uh, been in my class knows it can get out of hand sometimes, so many questions. <laughs> but, you know. So if you have any questions over the material um, that we've covered up into this point, we want to encourage you, send us those questions. Um, you can email me the questions. My email should be down below. Um, you can also call them into Pam. Um, but however you want to get them to us, if, if you wanted to mail them to us, that'd be fine too. If you want to mail, email, or call them into Pam, go ahead and send them in and we'll, we'll look over them. And uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and address any questions that we get. And if you weren't taking notes or you don't remember, you can, you can, you can call Pam, you can email Cole, and, and he can fill you in on the verses that we dealt with on each one of them. And uh, so then you can go back and look. Maybe you had a question that you don't remember what the question was, but you had it at the time. Uh, we really want to make sure that, that people got this material. Absolutely. That they understand what this material was about. Yep. And, uh, you know, and our feeling was that we've... Uh, We've, we've tackled this for about four or five weeks, and it was time for, for us, anyway, we felt like, to move on and move into something else. So, so there are, and I want to clarify, there are a lot, a lot of names yes, of God in are. the Old Testament. Yep. We looked at five specific ones. Um, there's another one, Yahweh Sabaoth, uh, Sabaoth I can't even pronounce it right, um, that we're not going to deal with in this class. But uh, there are quite a few more. El, El Shaddai, uh, I mean, El, El, uh, El, 
El Yohi Israel, the God, the God of Israel. I mean, there's, there's quite a few revolving around El as well. Mm-hmm. And so we, we're not going to dig into any of those for this class. But anything that we've covered and we've talked about, if you have questions, please send them in. And if, if you can't remember, a wonderful reason to go back and watch the video. That's why there we have the go. videos. There you go. So just feel free to go back and watch. And if you really like what we're doing here, if you like this content, make sure if you're watching on Facebook to share it. And if you're watching it on YouTube, make sure to turn the bell. The bell should be down there right below the video. Just turn that bell on so you get notified every time we post a video. And, of course, make sure to subscribe. So Yeah. And my, uh, when you start watching the thing on Ecclesiastes, make sure you watch it all the way through. <laughs> Cole's got some ideas that you may not agree with. So <laughs> Our study in Ecclesiastes is going to be a lot of fun, but it's definitely a study in context. So yes, it so is. I, People, I'm just going to say it now, people like to take Ecclesiastes out of context a lot. And uh, we can feel very strongly about the way, the way we've looked at things in the past. And so we're going to look at the Ecclesiastes, but in context, when we do those videos, make sure to watch them all the way through. There you go. <laughs> all right. So, so let, me, let me ask you, brother. So we're mm-hmm. talking about Yahweh Shalom today. What, if you had to put a price on peace, huh. <laughs> would you say that would be a, High price, a low price, something that, that you would be willing to pay for, something you wouldn't? What do you think? I don't think you really understand. I don't think you really know until you have chaos in your life. Mm. When chaos comes or warfare comes in your life, and I'm not talking about warfare in a, in a general sense in, in, in the world, but I'm talking about just in your own life. Uh, you know, I know that God's got the world. I mean, he, he's doing whatever he's going to do. When my life go, gets chaotic... And I'm not talking about just I made a mistake here or there, but when when things go bad and they're, and they're, and you lose a job, you lost somebody in your life, somebody somebody's passed away in your life, but, uh, and and it seems like that there's times when when those chaotic moments will compound themselves, or one will will you know pancake on another one until you feel like you're at the bottom and you got this this concrete block on top of you, then then you would spend pretty much whatever it would take to get into a place, a realm where it's peaceful again. Uh, and so I think it really depends on your perspective of where you are as to what you would pay. Uh, I've been in place in times when I would pay a lot. Mm-hmm. I really would. I think it's interesting that you contrasted peace with chaos. Mm-hmm. Like if you're chaos as, as the as possible uh, antonym or opposite of peace. Um, that's interesting. I hadn't, I hadn't really thought of it, but yeah, chaos is... Uh, Especially, I mean, even in my own life, well, personally in my life, you know, if, if things are out of whack, this, so we talked actually a few weeks ago and I told you how I hadn't changed my schedule. Mm-hmm. You know, we'd been doing this for about two weeks, I think. And I said, you know, my schedule is still set like it was before. And I'm not, I don't want to change it. I'm hoping we're going to get back to this, you know, <laughs> yeah. because I, 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 whether I like to admit it or not, the fact is I'm a creature of habit mm-hmm. and I don't like chaos. I don't like things being in upheaval and change. And mm-hmm. it, it really does throw off my peace, which, which is interesting because when we start talking about shalom, we're not talking about necessarily a peace like we would think of today. Like, for example, um, there are countries that we are technically, as the United States, speaking of the United States, there are countries that we are technically at peace with, mm-hmm. but we don't, we're not in good relations yes. with. Uh, Venezuela would be an excellent example. Yes. You know, foreign, foreign policy speaking, we are at peace with Venezuela, but uh, I think we're, we don't, at the government's standpoint, is they don't support whatever one of the regimes are and they support somebody else. It's pretty chaotic. Yeah. It would be, I would argue, it would be the opposite of peaceful. Yeah. 
And so when Scripture talks about, especially in the Old Testament, when we're talking about peace, mm-hmm. we're not talking about our 21st century understanding of it. We're talking about harmony. Mm-hmm. When they speak of it, they're talking about harmony or tra- tranquility. Mm-hmm. And so a, a real true peace is, I would want, like if me and you are at peace, I want the best for you, you want the best for me. Mm-hmm. And if that's kind of ringing around that second part of the most important commandment, love your neighbor as yourself, it should. That's the way biblical peace works. It's, it's I want the best for you, you want the best for me, and we're both working together to achieve that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an interesting dynamic. And so, yeah, chaos would be, I thought that was very But in very this good. text, the reason I said that, because the text we're going to be looking at is Judges chapter 6. Oh, yeah. And Gideon, and they find themselves, and, and, it's, and their lives are in chaos. It's in turmoil. Oh, yeah. I mean, it is, their lives have been twisted. Up. And it's not like what we are now. Mm. It was different. They were being oppressed. And they were being challenged, and, and, and there, was, there was no peace in the land, none at all. There wasn't warfare, really. They were being subjugated because they were being enslaved, really, by, by just these, this marauding band coming in and just taking over. And, and they found themselves running and hiding like a bunch of scared rabbits. Well, the Amalekites, the Amalekites were one of, that, one of those groups. Yes, you know. yep. And so when you, when you look at this text, and, you know, and, I, and I looked at, you know, and, and the, the Yahweh Shalom is in verse 24 is where that verse is. But if you go all the way back to verse 1, and it says, After the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, we see why there's no peace in their land. Because they, just, they chose not to be obedient to God. They right. chose to do evil. And so, you know, when, whenever, and, you know, and I know we're talking to somebody that they've been living a life that is not in accordance with God's will. And they're wondering how their life gets so messed up. Huh. Because of the sin in their life, because of the evil in their life, because they decided not to follow God and follow their own devices. And anytime that happens, Satan has got a foothold and he will twist you into the dirt. And so they will understand this. You know, after the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, and for seven years he gave them over to the hands of the Midianites. He gave them over because they would not do what he told them to do. And, and then the next thing it says, because the power of Midian was so oppressive. That means, you know, and I looked at that word and I thought, what would it have meant to me to, for it to be so oppressive? Man, my, my little family unit would have felt completely despondent and completely out of sorts. And the, term, the idea of peace would not even have registered in my mind because there was none. I didn't have anything where I could look and say, that's peaceful. Because everything was, was in chaos and in turmoil. I'm living it on a dirt floor in a cave. You know, I'm living in a tent. Or I'm living, I'm living up in a, you know, like a bat up in the, up in the mountainside. Find a little hole in the, in, the, in the little cutaway. And that's where I'm living. Because the Midianites have come in and taken over. And God says, I'm going to bring peace through this guy named Gideon. And Gideon doesn't have, you know, he says, no, you're not, you know, and, I, and I, every time I do, every time I study this text, I have to bring up and, and, you know, people that have studied in my class with me before, they'll, they'll know what I'm going to say, but I'm, this is for folks that never watched it before and don't know anything. You know, he says, when God comes to him and he, and he comes to him and he says, he says, uh, uh, 
in, in verse 12, he said, you know, because because what these Midianites have done is they've come in and they've all their buddies have come in and they've just come in when they when they and they've just camped on the in the fields mm-hmm. and they just decimated the fields and took all the grain, took everything, and it says they had so many camels you couldn't count them all. I mean, there was a lot of Midianites came. And the Israelites are looking down from the mountains. They're looking, what are we supposed to do? Every time we plant, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's like uh, the movie. I don't know if you've ever watched it, the movie, The Magnificent Seven with Yul Brenner. And he, and he has... Uh, so we're not talking about the, re- the huh? remake. No, no, not the remake. No, no I'm talking about I've the original. I've seen it. But, you know, and that little Mexican village calls for these seven guys or goes gets these guys because that's exactly what this marauding band is doing. Same, something similar here. And they go out, they don't, you know, of course, Gideon's not going after God. God comes to Gideon, uh-huh. you know, and, and he says, uh, and he tells him in, in verse, uh, verse 12, he says, when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. <laughs> and Gideon's response is, down in verse 16, he says, but me 19, he says, but Lord, Gideon, how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. And basically what he's saying, he said, look at me, I'm a runt. I am the runt of my family. And you're saying, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to bring, bring, I'm going to bring order to this chaos. And, uh, <laughs> well, not, not only, not only are you, not only are you asking, not only are you telling me I'm going to bring order to this chaos and I'm the least of the least, right? Mm-hmm. Not only is that the case, but you're not bringing any, me any peace either. <laughs> no. No. I mean, that's, it's, one, it's one of these interesting dichotomies and tensions that we see in Scripture is, you know, you're right. You talked earlier about the person who's, who's watching this and whose life is just mired in sin and their life is chaotic. It's interesting that Christ himself said, I didn't come to bring peace. I came to bring a sword. Yes. And I'm going to divide families. Um, but he says that because for that person who is mired in sin, the only way he can get out of that is to be obedient to Christ and because you'll be obedient to Christ, that will bring conflict different in your life, and it'll be bring it between your. But family. it is very interesting how, when the call comes, when it's your choice to follow the Lord or not, understand that while yes, you will have peace with God because you're following the Lord, and that <coughs> is of immense value. Mm-hmm. Your life will not be peaceful. No. Now no. that's not always the case. No. But it is sometimes, and we've had a lot of we've had a lot of members here in, in our family here that struggle and have had struggles and have had chaotic lives and not only, not necessarily because they chose to follow the lord but sometimes yes sometimes you, you decide to put on christ and your family rejects you mm-hmm. you know um you come from a, a catholic background mm-hmm. and when you converted how did that go with your family? it didn't go well it didn't go well yeah it didn't go well it put me and my mother at conflict uh you know i was uh I, i'd always been a rebel anyway and uh, i guess she just chalked it up to more rebellious attitude of course, I was married and had had two kids and one and a third one on the way, and uh, and it did it didn't go well. It it you know it was uh, you know I was I, I she looked at me as that she was a failure that she had failed. Uh, my dad told me at her funeral that he she never forgave me for what I did. So it was you know it didn't bring it didn't bring uh, order and peacefulness. It brought chaos. It did you know. And so sometimes when we choose to follow the Lord or when we're, when we're given that option, and we, we know Gideon at the end does, does follow and does do the things God yes, wants. Yes, he does. But the point, the, the point, even though he is our peace, that peace is between us and him. Yes, it is. That peace is not between us and the rest of mankind. Mm-hmm. And sometimes in the rest of mankind, that can be our entire family. And so it's, you know, 
I've never liked it. I've heard, I've heard people, you know, they kind of take scripture out of context sometimes and they say things that just, that just aren't true. Like if you follow, follow the Lord, you'll have peace. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, sometimes, yes, that's true, but it's also not true. You're also going to have struggle and difficulty. Mm-hmm. Christ encouraged his disciples to bear their cross, bear the cross and follow me. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, if, if there's a cross involved, how much peace is there? And the answer is there is an unknowable amount. There is so much peace to be had, but it's not a peace that we're going to have here with this world. And that can, that can be very chaotic. That can, it, that can be a struggle. It, uh, I talked to two people today that, that I call on a regular basis because, you know, because uh, uh, they, make, they can help me make sense out of, out of the chaos a lot of times. And I think that's what, that's what God's talking about. Here he says, he, he tells Gideon to build an altar in verse 24, and he called it the Lord of Peace, which means Jehovah Shalom or Yahweh Shalom is what it means. To this day, it stands in Oprah of the Abzurites. And, uh, and you know, because, because God's plan for seven years was to get their attention. And then after that, he was going to go find Someone who no one would ever say this guy did it on his own. Because he, even he didn't believe he was any good. He believed he was the runt. And how in the world could you? So he asked for signs. And, and you know, I'd really suggest, please go read this text. Read Ju- Judges chapter 6. It's a great read. It's an easy read. It's a great story. And, uh, and he, uh, he ends up defeating this army with <laughs> 300 people and no weapons. Mm-hmm. He didn't have any weapons. And, God, and, and it's obvious to him that God has taken care of, of this, this marauding band, this marauding, you know, uh, I mean, it isn't a, it isn't a, it's an army. It's a marauding army. And, and he, you know, he bring, his plan was not to let them continue to suffer, but only to punish them for a while until they would come back in line. And then he'd use this guy Gideon, the plan all along, and, and he was going to show up as Yahweh Shalom, the, the one who brings the order and the, and the peacefulness in a person's. Think about, you know, what it, what it was like to, uh, to find God, for me, to find God. And the moment that I was converted, you know, that conversion process took a long time for me. It took a while. I was reading and studying and, you know, and by the time I was baptized, I was... You know, I knew what I knew what needed to be done. I knew that there was obedience that had to be. And uh, the guy told me, uh, he said, "You're not going to feel any different." And I, when we were walking out, and, and this building wasn't here, and, and was walking, it was about right over there. And I hollered across the parking lot. I said, "You're a liar." <laughs> and he looked at me, and, and of course, this is this is nighttime, and, and he says, "What do you mean?" I said, "You're a liar." I feel awesome because it was like a weight had been lifted off of me. Oh, yeah. And the, and the peace of God hasn't, it, I haven't always tapped into it, but what I was saying a while ago, I called these two people and one of them was John L. and one of them was Pam Henselka. And uh, Pam is really struggling with her health and, mm-hmm. and uh, her and I and Tim, we've been really close for a long time. And, uh, and, and I know that she's struggling with her health and she was, she was kind of down and she's in, in, in very, in a little bit negative and, and I said, and I said, uh, you know, you can't be like this because you need, I need your help. I need you. And I don't know what the conversation exactly was, but I said, I need you. Tim needs you and your daughter needs you. And she, she got real quiet. She said, thank you. Because that's how, 
that peace sometimes rolls in, the, in, a, in a family of God like this. And John L. is always one that can make me laugh. And, uh, you know, I'm, I try to get a hold of him once or twice a week just so I can, just so he and I can laugh a little bit. And it, it, and, uh, because it's tough, you know, with all that's going on, know, yeah. you know. And, uh, and I know that both of these individuals are godly people. They love God with all their heart. And, uh, and you know, and, 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 it, and it can snap you back to where you need to be, where I can really focus on that Yahweh Shalom, that idea of my God is my peace. You know, I don't, uh, uh, I may not find peace in my, in my, in our society right now. Um, it's kind of chaotic. I may not even find peace in my home sometimes because it can get chaotic, chaotic at times. But when I come to God and I can tap off on into other people, you know, I talked to Glenn yesterday and it was such a, it was such a neat conversation and man, it was, you know, he, he's so excited. He was so excited about what we're doing and how much he appreciated what we were doing, what we're doing on Wednesday night and Friday night. And, uh, and that's, and you, and you get that sense of God in the people you talk to. And I don't want to be anywhere else because I deal with people out there and I know how hard it is for them because they don't have that a lot of times. And God, God's plan is to give that to us. Well, it's, it's interesting because you really hit on, on two, different, two different aspects of this mm -hmm. piece. Um, you know, in, in chapter 6, verse 1, when it opens up the story, notice it starts off and it says, The Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. Mm -hmm. Were they at peace with God? No. no, they were not. No. They were his covenant people, and they did evil in the sight of the Lord. Now, if you go back and you look what that means in the book of Judges, it means that they're, they've started worshiping other idols. Yep. They've committed themselves to doing the things that the nations that they they took out to take to to receive Israel, the country of Israel. Um, they're following after those nations, and they're not listening to God. They're not following God anymore. And so, God, this is a cycle that occurs throughout the book of Judges. Yes. And after Gideon, the Israelites will have about forty years of peace. But the aspect that you hit is that peace has to start with me and God. I'm yes. never. Here's the thing. Here's the reality. If you're not at peace with God you're never going to really be at peace in life or with anyone else. That peace has to start with God. He is our creator, and he created us to be in relationship with him. That's Genesis chapter 1 through 3. He created mankind in his image with the express purpose of being in relationship with him and working with him. You know, talking about conversion, because I, I converted in 2016. And so, um, speaking, talking a little bit about conversion stories, the reality is, in my own life, I didn't have peace. I was a paramedic, and I, I loved my job. I loved what I did, um, and I was good at it. You know, and you, you know, it's always interesting. You know, if you're good at what you do, you love it, right? I guess. But uh, and I, I loved it. I loved my job. I wouldn't have done anything else. I've talked about how I defined my identity as that. That's who I was. That's where my value came from. And um, but there was no peace in my life, and I didn't know why. You know, I was married. I had three kids. I was supporting my family. And I, I mean, every Friday night we'd barbecue with extended family and everything, but there was just no peace. I was always frustrated and angry and upset <coughs> and all of these and all of these things, and I didn't know why. I started going back to church. Uh, we wanted to get our kids involved in church, and we wanted our kids exposed to that those Judeo-Christian principles and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so we started going back to church. And the more I read Scripture, the more I realized that me and Jesus were two different people. And I, I, I didn't understand it because I certainly believed in Him. You know, I certainly believed in him. 
and it didn't matter, you know, that belief, it, it didn't, it didn't do anything, you know, and, uh, I was constantly frustrated and I, I drove, so I'd work 72 on and 96 off and I would drive an hour and a half to get to work. And that whole hour and a half was just chaos. Just, I was eaten up. I had this giant hole of just chaos. And it didn't matter what I put in that hole. You know, I was, this thing, it's interesting, right? In, in chapter six, verse one, it says they did evil in the sight of the Lord. And we know from the study, a study of judges that it was, they had sought out idolatry. They had sought out other gods. What's interesting in our society is we don't believe very much in, in spiritual things and we don't usually worship idols. That's not something that, that we do or we see a lot of in this country. But what we do do is we pursue materialism. We pursue things and stuff. Um, a new car, the house, you know, the whatever, it, whatever it may be, right? We always pursue those things. Well, you know, we had all the things and it didn't matter that we had all the things. I could have shoved things into that hole my entire life and it would have never filled. And that's where I was at. I had this big hole and I didn't know why. And after reading scripture for about a year and a half and praying and, and, and all of these things, you know, somebody finally showed up and shared the gospel with me. And I was baptized that day. And I thought it was funny that you said you're a liar, you know, mm -hmm. to that guy, because you do feel differently. Yeah, you do. Because I, for me, it was this, it was this exact thing. I remember praying before I went to be baptized and I was praying and I, and I said, you know, I had looked up a lot of the, the differences and stuff between the denominations and things like that. But as I was going to be baptized, I knew that I was going to be in the family of God. That it was my belief in action, my, me taking that faith and putting it in action, which is something that we don't hear a lot of nowadays, unfortunately. But it was me stepping out on faith and really doing, doing something with faith. And it didn't matter to you what kind of what the chaos was going to be on the peripheral no because no. because all that you could focus on was and you didn't even know this you said something while ago and I, I i can't remember exactly but you know to find peace of god it has to start within you you can't help other people find it if you don't have it within you and that's what was happening to you and to me as we as we were converted uh Finding that peace that Philippians says transcends all understanding. You know, you can't describe it. I can't explain. I couldn't explain it to my mother. I couldn't explain it to my father. I couldn't explain it to my brother. I couldn't explain it to any of them. All I, could, all I knew is that I had it, and I was happy and joyful, and I was no... And I've said before, I don't, I don't feel like from a... I'm not talking about a mental perspective, but from a, from a personal... If there's any place in the, in the church for negativity, how can there be? How can there be a place for negativity, you know, and pessimism when you have the peace of God, when you have Yahweh Shalom, that his, that his whole focus, <laughs> his whole focus is to bring peace. That's what he is. You know, we talked about provider and healer and, and winner. He wins, you know, and, and he's, you know, and shepherd. But his whole focus is, is to bring peace to a chaotic world that's full of warfare and chaos and upheaval and in the middle of that here's jesus hanging on a cross saying father forgive them they don't know what they're doing they don't have any idea what's fixing to come and just the on the in the third day everything's going to change everything and you know and when you look at at the i can't explain I've, and i've tried to explain the, that peace that transcends understanding, I can't explain it to people. It's, a, it's something that you have to experience. 
Well, it, the, and the way I the way I've attempted to explain it, and I think it's it's going to be the that feeling you're explaining a feeling, and that's a, that's important to understand. It's a real thing, but it's a feeling that you have, mm -hmm. and you're trying to explain it, and that's that's a difficult thing to do sometimes. But the way I've explained it is, for the most part, I don't I haven't met anybody that it isn't true for. But if you're not in Christ, you have a hole. Mm -hmm. You have a giant yes Christ-sized hole mm -hmm. in your heart, and it doesn't matter what you try to fill. You people try to fill all sorts of things. They try to put things into that hole and try to make themselves whole, and it doesn't work. No. It never works. No. The only thing that's going to fill that hole is Christ. Yeah. But we fight tooth and nail to put everything else in that hole, yeah. and that peace that we have is when that hole is filled. When that hole is filled, it's peace. I think we need to qualify, too. Something we've qualified on this numerous times in this study is that Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Mm, mm -hmm. Okay? So when he says, before Abraham was, I am, that means he, he connected himself. He was the Father. Right? He and the Father were one. So if, if the Father is, is Yahweh or Jehovah Shalom, then so is Jesus. And so when he comes here, he says, I come not to bring peace but a sword. But he understood what that meant. Oh, absolutely. They didn't. Correct. And... And sometimes we don't understand that when we come to that peace place of God, that God is the author of, that around us is going to be chaos still. It is not going to go away. That's right. And sometimes it gets worse. For me, it got worse. You know, and it, uh, uh, and I, I, you know, I had some, some, some major discussions with my mother. And I remember standing over her, you know, she was in a in a, in ICU, and I'm standing there, and and I, and I'd been praying, God, just give me another time, another chance, and and I and I looked over and I told her, I am sorry that you and I couldn't get along, in the last few days, I just had a message I wanted to share with you that you just and I don't remember the words, but I remember tears coming out of her eyes, so I knew she was listening, I knew she could hear me, and there's tears coming out of both eyes. And, and I don't know, I just, I wanted so desperately for her to know what I found. And she didn't, she didn't want to hear it. And it just, you know, it's a sad time. But, you know, it, uh, I've got, had a lot of people here that, that, you know, that showed up at the cemetery. You know, I mean, I, people from here, we had the, the funeral in Houseville, and they showed up, they drove all the way. And I'm going, gosh, these people are closer to me than my own pet family was. They love me more. They seem like they love me more than my family did. Because, and I now understand it was because every one of them had that hole filled up with God. And there was a peace in their life. And it brought, brought a peace to my life. And, you know, and when he says, he is our peace, you know, that, that's right after a text that says in Ephesians chapter 2 says that, you know, you know, we're saved by grace through faith. You know, and we're God's workmanship created to do good works. And then he talks to them about where they were. And he says that he is our peace. And he came to, to, to connect the two factions, the Jews and Gentiles together, and take the law out of the way. That, that, is, that is bringing peace to, to the world. Well, and once we have peace with God, that's when we can start to form real, loving, peace relationships with those around us. Yeah. 
Now, is it always that way in the body? No, of course not. No, <laughs> We're still no, people. No. We're still sinners. Yeah. You know, um, we just, I just talked about this Sunday, you know, <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 1, and I, I said, look, this is our identity, not because of who we are, but because, but because of who God, is. Yeah. who, is, who he's yeah. made us to be. Yeah. And so the reality is, there is a, there's always intention this yes, but not yet, or yes, but soon coming mm-hmm. kind of uh, idea. And it, it's certainly true here as well. But you can never set yourself aside if you're not at peace with God. And the only way we have peace with each other is when we can set ourselves aside and look to the good. Remember, I, at the beginning of this, I said, peace is this idea that I want the best for you, you want the best for me. It's like mm-hmm. perfect harmony mm-hmm. or tranquility. Mm-hmm. That's the idea. Mm-hmm. Well, that only happens when I love you as my neighbor, I love you as myself, and you love me as yourself, and we're both working to that end. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of perfect embodiment. Well, Christ is, of course, always the perfect embodiment of these things. And so that's what we're striving for. That's what we want to be. That's what we want to become. That's what we want God to turn us into. Um, But it has to start, that peace has to start between us and him. If we can't get that right first, we're not going to get anything else right. Well, the only one that can give it to us. We've already established that we've tried everything in the world. We've tried everything and none of it worked. The only one that can give it to us is him. He is the only one that can say, okay, I got this, and let me show you how to do this. And, I, and there's a, I, want, I, I want them to turn, when they get a chance to turn to Hebrews chapter 12, uh, because this, the, this text, uh, it's, uh, it starts in verse 7, and it says, endure hardship as discipline. And it's, what it's basically saying is that God disciplines those he loves. He disciplines his own children. And it's, it's going to be hard. I mean, sometimes, you know, he says, he says, endure hardship is discipline. I got this, all right? I am on top of this, and I am creating something here. You know, you've got three little kids, okay? Two little girls and a little boy. I've got three sons who've got their own kids, all right? And, and all of us, as parents, you know, right now, I'm, you know, we're, we're charged with, uh, with helping Kevin to raise his two boys, at least in the, in the interim. And I look at those two boys and I know that the only way they're going to become men, good men, is because of what Georgia and I and this church and Kevin teach them and train them into. And so when I look at this and I'm saying, okay, God, I'm your son. You know, I think you talked about it the other day about adoption or sonship, the Sunday morning you talked about Okay, I'm your son. I don't like you very much right now because you just spanked me for doing something that I shouldn't have been doing anyway. But he said, and he says, if you go to verse uh, 11, no discipline seemed pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. My father, who is the master of peace, his name is peace. Is it his whole goal in my life, in your life, in our lives as a church, is to train us to be people of peace. So whatever he's doing in our lives, whatever he's doing as discipline goes, hardship goes, he's got a goal in mind. He wants to create, he wants to train us up into a harvest of righteousness and peace. That's what he's, you know, I'm looking at those two little boys. And, uh, and I see them growing. I see them different. You know, we've had them for three weeks now. It's the third week. And, and I see them different now. And they, they, they'll come 
and, and I see different things they're doing, and I see them, you know, and I'm going, whoa. You know, I mean, we've given them more responsibilities. You know, we live in the country kind of, and their driveway's real long, and one of them has the responsibility now of going to the mailbox and getting the mail. The other one, you know, we've got a big, huge Arizona ash tree in the front yard, and it's about 25 feet from the road. And that's as far as he can go. He can only go to that tree. And when I told him the other day, go get the mail, I told Connor, go get the mail. And, uh, and, the, and he, I said, and I told TJ, I said, what did I tell you? And he said, I can only go to the tree. He already, <laughs> he already knows. You know, we're training them. So I don't want him to go to the street because he's not, he's not cognizant of, the, of his surroundings <laughs> to not get hit by a car. But, you know, it, but God is doing the same for us as his little children. You know, and it just, it just warms my heart to know that I have a God that loves me. And I'm telling, talking to that person out there, God, you got a God that wants to, he wants you to be his. He does. And he wants to pull you out of the muck and the mire. He wants to put, fill the hole in you, put a cork in it, and then train you how to be a peaceful individual. Something that the world has never trained you how to do. Why do we got so many wars and everything? Why do we got so much garbage going on? Why do so many people hate each other? Why is the divorce rate, you know, at 50, 60% now? You know, and why, why is it the, the, per, per, the prevalence of, of uh, pedophiles and, and, and uh, battery? And, why is it so prevalent? Because there is no peace in the world. Because there's no God in their lives in many instances. Here we have a God of peace. You know, that's why, you know, and that's what Freddie's doing in Mexico. He's bringing the same God in a different country with a different language, but he's bringing the same God. Well, it wouldn't be a different language for your wife. I mean, she, <laughs> you know, but, but anyway, you know, and, and he's teaching them the same thing that we're teaching them. You know, and so, you know, I wish we had, I wish we had hours. But, you know, our, our sign back there just said, <laughs> time's getting close to being up. So let, let me wrap this up then. All so right. when, looking at verse 22, when Gideon realized that it was the angel of the Lord, he exclaimed, Alas, sovereign Lord, I've seen the angel of the Lord face to face. But the Lord said to him, Peace, do not be afraid. You are not going to die. So Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and called it, The Lord is peace. To this day it stands. So one of the things that we need to understand is in their day, they, for very good reasons, they believed that if you looked upon God, you would die. Mm-hmm. A lot of that comes from the Old Testament, specifically from uh, Exodus, mm-hmm. where the, the Lord descended on the mountain and he told them, don't break through, don't come up the mountain to see me because I'll lash out at you. Nahu and Abihu, Aaron's mm-hmm. sons in the priesthood, went into the most holy of holies. They looked upon God and they died. They were immediately wiped out. Well, look. God burnt them up. Yes, God burnt, burnt them, them up burnt. with their own yeah. fire they brought in. Yes. <laughs> he burnt, yes. They didn't yeah. just get died. They didn't just die. They, no. they were obliterated uh, with fire. And uh, Moses was told, if you look upon me, you're going to die. So there was this very deep-seated understanding, Exodus on, as mm. far as I can tell, um, that if they looked upon the Lord, they would die. And so Gideon realizing that this is the sovereign Lord, this is God talking to him, um, is, of course, terrified. And we immediately see, just it's so interesting, it's in Genesis chapter 3, we saw a very similar action. When God deals with his people, he always puts their well-being first. Even in, even in the fall of man, mm-hmm. he, if you noticed, God's curse to the snake included our redemption mm-hmm. before any punishment was laid down on Adam or Eve. Yeah. 
he first said, spoke of redemption. And here, even though the Israelites are now separated from him, and his own father, as you read in the story, is an idolater, even though that is the case, he says very clearly, he brings him peace and says, nope, you're, do not be afraid, don't fear me, you're not going to die. And so Gideon built the, the altar and he called it, the Lord is peace. Now, Gideon needed a lot of convincing to go out and do what the Lord had already told him he was going to do, um, that he needed to do. And he needed a lot of convincing. And he, he laid fleeces down. He did all sorts of stuff. The story goes on, like you said earlier. Please go and read this story. It's two chapters. It's two, six and seven. Well, it's basically. I think, big, I think it gets into eight, doesn't it? Yeah, it even goes into, into eight. It's not, a, it's not a long story, but take the time to read through the story. It's very interesting. But for tonight, what you need to know is just simply this Our God is Yahweh Shalom. He wants to bring us peace. We won't find peace anywhere else. We're not going to find peace anywhere in the world. We have to find it with him. When we find it with him, we, it's amazing how we end up having peace with his body and his people, even though they're incredibly different, even though they could be completely opposing forces. Isaiah chapter 11 is another one that talks about that peace that is brought between Israel and the nations. Mm-hmm. Um, real peace comes from God. It's that simple. And if you don't have it in your life, I've got some good news because it's certainly yeah. available. Yep. Certainly available. Um, should be able to see uh, my PowerPoint. <laughs> I got to pull that up. There we go. So Yahweh Shalom, that's the, uh, that's the study for tonight. And we see his ultimate desire is for us to be at peace with him. We saw that. We saw that when the Israelites didn't have it, um, they went through some struggles, mm-hmm. and, but he was going to bring it. And God always brings his peace by his own hand. And we find that peace ultimately in Christ. Um, he's worked hard, very hard, to bring us that offering of peace. He had been, he'd worked thousands of years to bring Jesus to the cross and then for him to be raised. And so that's uh, it's so valuable. Yeah. I, I don't think you can put a price on that. No. Uh, we have no reason to fear. Rather, we have every reason to live in and out the peace he has provided. I think even as Christians, sometimes we struggle against that peace. We think, you know, we look back at the world sometimes and think, man, that would be better. It's a lie and it's not. Sometimes it takes the Lord's discipline to remind us of that. So this week, let's focus on Yahweh Shalom. Really take stock this week. Where do you find your peace? Are you, are you, maybe you're uh, a younger Christian and you're, you're looking for peace in all the wrong places again. Maybe you you know, the devil's got a hold of you a little bit and he's convinced you that you can go out and find peace in the world. You can't. Let's just stop right now. You can't. You're not going to come back. Maybe you're a little bit of an older Christian. Maybe you're a little bit more mature and you've, you've lived through that and that's not really your struggle anymore. Help remind the younger Christians. Help support them. Give them calls. Talk to them regularly. Oop, we lost it. Um, reach out mm-hmm. and support them. Help remind them, you know, it takes, you know, it, it takes the whole body working together to grow. Absolutely. And so let's do that. Uh, remember that he is the provider of our peace. We need to praise him and glorify him for the peace that he brings. Finally, pray for opportunities to share the gospel of peace. And when those opportunities arise, take them. It's not your job to convert. It's your job to tell people. Tell people where to find peace. Right. Well, when, do you have anything else? Yeah, don't forget to uh, send in your questions. And I was just thinking, man, even if you've got a comment, 
you know, not bad comments. We don't want to hear any bad <laughs> comments. Uh, we don't want to hear any negative <laughs> stuff. But, you know, if you've got some positive <laughs> comments, <laughs> no, you know, uh. if you've got a question, we'll try to, you know, we'll try to take them and, and, uh, and do a, a, you know, even if we only have 10 minutes left to do a class, we'll get started anyway. But uh, I think it's important. If you don't want Absolutely. your name out there, don't put your name on it. You know, don't tell us who you are. We're not, we're not going to include any names, any comments, any questions or comments you guys send in when we review them. We're not going to have any, we're not going to read out the names or anything like that. Uh, we're just going to deal with the questions. Absolutely. Yeah. So it wouldn't be a, a Wednesday night class without homework. <laughs> so we're going to continue to meditate on Psalm 103. Um, we're coming to an end on that. So we're going to be starting Psalm 19. Okay, but it, it's not going to end perfectly, so we can just jump into it. But we're going to start on Psalm 19 after that. Make sure to be praying for his peace in his way and his time. I think in my PowerPoint it says team, not his team, in his time. Mm -hmm. Autocorrect is no fun sometimes. Pray that the gospel of peace uh, becomes what the world hopes in and relies on. Um, I think that's, that's the biggest thing going forward. Okay. So uh, oh, one last announcement. I just, it just hit me, just reminded me right now. So Bernice is stuck in the nursing home okay she can't have any visitors her mother jenny is working on getting getting a time and setting up a date where people can drive by and she'll be outside and we can show our love and support okay if you would like to be involved in that stay tuned okay as soon as i have a time and a date i will get that to y'all if we have to email it out we'll email it out mm -hmm. please whatever time that is set aside and let's go do that she yeah. is hurting for her family yeah yeah hurting so let's let's she's been that. a rock here for a long time yeah. long time you know she's a she's an older lady she's in her 90s and she's just a just as sweet as she can be you know and it's just it's just sad that this is going on and you know i talked to june wilbur the other day and she's just struggling because you know she's got her family around her but you know it's it's hard it is hard it's hard when all they've known is is going to church and be a part of family and then they can't go and it's hard so. And if you're struggling, church, if you're out there and you're struggling, please call or email me. Please let us know. We want to talk to you. We want to pray with you. With Bernice, we can't go. We can't go no. see her. No. But we might be able to go see you. So please reach out to us. Please, please, Absolutely. please. Absolutely. And don't forget about Midcoast. We're still collecting food. Yes, we are in church. We're doing a great job. Thank you so much for your support in that. We are doing an outstanding job helping to make sure the families here in Victoria, the needy families in Victoria, have food. So, yep. church, keep it up. Amazing work. Good. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the opportunity that we had to study tonight. Father, I pray for those folks that have been watching. I pray for that uh, those individuals that are have are struggling with their lives that uh, they don't, haven't known where to turn, haven't known who to turn to. Father, help them to realize they can turn to you, that you are, are a God of peace. You can, you can straighten out the, the negativity and the turmoil and the upheaval in their lives. Only you can do that. Father, you help them to understand through the story of Gideon that you want to do that. You want to be the, the God of peace for them and bring peace in their lives. Help them to realize, Father, that Jesus came to bring order. To a chaotic world and he does that through our obedience to him and through our through through your love his your love for us father help us to realize that you're training us training us to be peaceful and to be and to be righteous and father we're so grateful bless us father as we as we apply these principles to our lives as we pr apply all the names of you to our lives father help us to uh to be a people that is is looking forward to being with you, but in the meantime, 
looking forward to finding those people we can talk to about you and finding them and then give us the courage to do that. Father, bless us tonight. Bless us every night. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.